be an indie means we buck a system that doesn't want us. To be a fringe filmmaker means we don't do it for them. We do it for ourselves. To be an outlaw on the fringe means we'll die before we fail. Be an outlaw. Well, hot damn. What do you think of that? How about that? We hired a real professional expensive trailer house and shit. No, we didn't. No, no, we didn't. No, you sure? I'm pretty sure. You kind of look professional. (laughs) Do your spiel. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. No middle names, no fake last names, no cute pet names, sadly. Uh, Joe had a rough day today. We're not going to go into the details of that, but we all wish him well, and we're happy he came through it. I was violated. (laughs) And, uh, well, there you go. A little bit about that. And uh, so here we are. One more time, we're here at the Indie Brigade. What do you think about that, Joe? Uh, I, I think it's great. Let's see who we got going on. We got Morgan. Morgan's on the thing. And we got Terry. What's up, Terry, from the Drone Cav? Lance. Lance, I love you, man. You're the best. And that's all the love we have right now. All right. Fuck everybody else. I'm (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) It's not true. Fuck you, Joe. We all know that. You got to be nice to me today. I was violated. You know, I was nice to you already. That's it. (laughs) That's what you get. Let me take a sip of my drink. Coffee. Oh, lovely mug. Oh, coffee. Mm. Yes, that's coffee. Mm, look at that. It's almost like we're in the same room because we have matching mugs now. And, and, and I'll be double fisting, apparently. Ah, yes. Mm, hello. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Man, it's been a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a week. Uh, th- some exciting things have happened this week, actually. Uh, first of all, we're getting one step closer with the veterans compound. I want to thank everybody who's purchased some scare tactical merch, uh, as anybody knows who's been watching and for the people who don't know, uh, who are new to everything, uh, the veterans compound is a, uh, we're working toward, uh, achieving our 501 C three certification, uh, and becoming a legitimate nonprofit organization designed and dedicated to helping our veterans process what they've been through while teaching them how to make films and the tech behind it and all of the, the set etiquette and all of the ways to go work on a movie and make a movie. And then we're going to make movies with vets. And, uh, and that's, it's, it's an amazing program that I've been working on for a very long time. And we're getting a lot of steam behind it. And with everybody's help here, we're getting closer and closer to being able to pay the tax man for our, our certification and get that done as quickly as possible. Uh, it's a very cool thing. It's very near and dear to my heart. And I want to thank everybody who's helped us. Uh, by getting some of your scare tactical merch designed by Ian Steyer, who also designed all of the logos that you've seen in our new opening credit sequence uh, and the new look and feel of Romero Pictures as a whole. Uh, So if you haven't gotten your scare tactical merch yet, get the fuck over to the store and buy some fucking merch because not only do you help us keep the servers running, you help us keep the lights on and you're helping us help out vets. Uh, There's my beautiful wife, Rebecca. Yeah, I wasn't going to take that off until you actually acknowledged her. I know better. So, uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Are you still getting the threats late at night? 
I, I can't I'm, say, I'm, man. I can't I'm, say. I'm sorry. I'll have another talk with her. She just won't stop. What's up, Ron? <laughs> What's up, Wheels? Uh, you know, Wheels, I'm still working on a reply to the, one of the posts you made about, I guess, about a week and a half ago. I, I've been putting some deep thought into a post you made, and I will get to it, man. Uh, it's been a crazy week, as I've said this, as I've said earlier. Uh, I did a thing. And uh, I, I went on uh, the socials there and opened my mouth and uh, and I talked about some shit that pisses me off. You and, opened uh, up the floodgates. I did, I did. <laughs> and now we got Chuck Nasty from the Nasty Nation. We got the Indie Brigade in the house tonight. And well, wait, wait, if you're going to do that, let's start off with Ian. That's impossible. I have the mug. <laughs> Shit, so do I. Every Which one is it again? Sip, every sip of my delicious <laughs> coffee blames Joe. And I drink a lot of fucking coffee. <laughs> we got CW in the house. Love you, man. And Yo, buddy. Sean Smithson. Smithson Creations. Fine woodworker. A good man and a dear friend of mine. Where'd Sean uh, go? Uh, I'm looking. There's Chuck. Chuck Nasty. And we got Lauren. Lauren, what's up, man? And then there's Sean. His Scare Tactical merch just got mailed today, so he's on the lookout for it. We'll be seeing some pictures of him in his wood shop. Uh, Sean also, incidentally, Smiths and Creations uh, sponsors Ian Steyer's blog. If you haven't read Ian's blog yet, um, you're fucking missing out. This guy is a genius, and uh, his perspective on the creative uh, as a as a concept and as a as an inner creature, as a spirit animal, is phenomenal. Uh, if you need any. Any kind of inspirational kick in the ass or a, a shift in perspective, read his blog. It's genius. Uh, we got Damon, who is a supporter also. Damon, what's going on, man? Apparently, Ron put a movie out on DVD. That is awesome. I think I saw that on the... Uh... Oh, wait. I can't say where I saw that. No. But, you know, I want to just shout out to Ron real quick. He's like a living embodiment of what the Indie Brigade is here to stand up for and stand with everybody to do. You know, Ron's out there uh, not giving a fuck what anybody says at the end of the day. He's doing his thing. He's making his movies. He's putting them in the world. And uh, I have a lot of love and respect for that guy. So, you know, if you haven't seen Ron's stuff, check him out. Um, you know, get to know him. He's, uh, he's, he's got a lot of balls for a filmmaker. He does, he does some stuff that uh, a lot of people out there need to kind of look to people like him because... You know, he does it when people tell him he can't. And uh, and there's a lot of shit that goes with that. And I got I got a lot of respect for him for that. So keep at it, man. Okay. And Samantha, always, hello, Samantha. I'm not quite sure what I said, Sean, but I appreciate you loving it. You know what? It was probably fucking stupid, Sean. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> we got Logan. Hello, guys. What's up, man? And Lauren, what do you got going on? I have a sea of support for the post by George, as we talked yesterday about a few things. Yes, we did, and we will get to that momentarily. We've got a phenomenal show tonight. Uh, after my dumbass kind of rambles on for a little bit here in a minute, I think uh, we're going to go ahead and bring up a good dear friend and dear brother of mine, uh, Richard Greco. Uh, he's got a lot of shit to say on this topic, too. Uh, he and I, this is a conversation he and I have on the phone a lot. He'll be with us here relatively shortly. Um, and then after that, we've got Brett DeJager. Uh, Bone Jangles, none other. Uh, if you haven't seen Bone Jangles, check it out. You don't have time to check it out before Brett comes on the show, but he and I are going to have a pretty good conversation. So 
stay tuned, check, you know, stick with us and, and let's get through it. <laughs> and I do blame Joe for that mix up, Sean. Look at you with the knuckle cracking. <laughs> well, it goes with the prison, prison attire. Yeah, so I get I it. I love the shirt, by the way. Are you happy with it? Oh, freaking ecstatic. Except it just came in the mail like a couple of hours ago, so I didn't have a chance to watch it or anything. So it kind of smells like formaldehyde or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. well. <laughs> Not that I know what that smells like. Every shirt you get from Romero, from Romero Pictures comes fresh off a dead guy. <laughs> uh, Katie, how are you, Katie? What's up, Katie? Thanks for joining us tonight. We've had a lot of attention, I think. Um, first of all, I also really like that new background graphic there, Joe. That's pretty cool. That That is pretty badass. And I, yeah. I believe Sean did that also. Not Sean. Excuse me, Ian. God, I'm getting... Write the names down. No, it's the whole viola violated thing today, man. It's got mm. me. I told you to stop hanging out in places like that. <laughs> <laughs> Smell Joe. Wow. Yeah. If you were here right now, you probably could. <laughs> and we got Mike Doyle, who What's is up? saying right. Mike yeah. Movie Raid. I'm actually going to be doing an interview with Mike next Tuesday. We've been trying to land on a date. We've both been crazy. This week kind of blew up for both of us, so uh, we moved it to next week when we're both hopefully going to be a little uh, more out of the weeds and able to sit down and really have a good talk. So I want to sit in on that. Fine. No, I'm really? kidding. No. You're welcome to. You're welcome yeah. to. I always invite you. Yeah, I know. I I'm better on this side than the other side. Fuck you, Joe. Love you. Love you, too. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's what? let's what? what i've asked you three fucking times delve into the shit how you want to go about doing it listen the whole you make all this thing. commotion and then you like you well you make me talk about all this shit before i go to talk about other things now i don't even remember what i'm supposed to talk about i'm just gonna sit here and fucking cry Fair enough. So for you know those of you No, 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 screw that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. For those God, of you that are just joining us, you can find our audio only podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn, Radio Public, and Breaker. And by the way, uh you're you're watching Romero Pictures Indie Brigade with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. Oh, I'm so pissed off at you. I'm really not. <laughs> I love you. Look, since you since you did all that stuff and said all those things, I may as well go ahead and announce something else very cool. We actually are about to be uh, the video version of the Indie Brigade podcast with your host George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. I say it better. Is about to be uh, available on Avail TV, which is on uh, Fire TV, Roku, uh, Apple TV, on the downloadable app. It's like one of the. It's like an AVOD platform. And uh, we're very excited. It's a relatively newer platform, uh, newer to the game, very indie friendly. And uh, it turns out that I've known uh, one of the guys involved with it for years. And we just kind of started talking through another good buddy uh, named Phil Herman. And uh, things we just got things done this week. So uh, all of the episodes, uh, all the past episodes are currently being added to the platform. And uh, you'll be able to tune in and look at our beautiful faces any time of the day or night that you want to, all you need is some sort of device like a Roku, an Apple TV, or a Fire Stick. 
Uh, and I believe there's also apps available for mobile devices. So uh, the Indie Brigade reach is getting far and wide. And I think that that brings us to maybe the fact uh, that this post I made got a lot of attention. And in fact, it got so much attention uh, that we wanted to kind of take some time tonight and talk about some shit that's going on. Um, and, you know, I got a lot of messages this week from people uh, about this project or that project or this person or that person and everybody that messaged me and anybody who commented on my post with very specific comments or anything like that got the same response. If you post, if you posted a comment and named anything, it got deleted. If you reached out to me, you got the same response, generally speaking, which is I'm not here to take sides. I'm not here to listen to anybody being talked shit on. I am here uh, to help. Uh, period. End of story. That's it. Uh, my post was not about any one particular project. Foxhall Woodworks in the house. Thank you so much, man, for coming and joining. I'm really happy you're here. I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Um, you know, it wasn't about anybody. It wasn't about a person. It wasn't about a project or a film or a series or a short or a this or that or anything else I fucking heard about all week. And I'm not mad about any of it. I'm happy that I got reached out to by so many people. But, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is that there's a fucking poison festering in the independent world right now. And, uh, you know, I have my thoughts and beliefs on where it started and how it started and how it got here. But the fucking fact of the matter uh, is that it's here. And it seems like it's not getting better. It seems like it's getting worse, Joe. Uh, you, you know, uh, what do you think on that? What are your thoughts? On that? It is. It spreads like a freaking poison and it just gets everybody down. And that's the complete opposite of what we stand for. And people need to realize that, that you're not going to drag us in to your battle. Well, and beyond that, I want to get into the bigger topic too. You know, the Indie Brigade is here. We don't we don't take sides. We don't jump into those kind of things. Uh, we don't we don't have anything to say about anybody in particular or specifically. Uh, Dean, Dean, I love you, man. I'm happy you're here. Um, Dean is uh, the vice president of distribution and acquisitions for Romero Pictures uh, and for the Indie Brigade. Uh, if you have submitted a film to us, you will be speaking with Dean and myself. Uh, if you are thinking about submitting a film to us, you will be speaking to Dean and myself. And we are looking very forward to helping everybody get their films out there in the world because everybody has a fucking voice and everybody's voice is fucking valid. Including mine. No, except no. you. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. <laughs> Look, it's it's true. It's everywhere. It's viral. It's, um, it's, it's vitriol. It's terrible. Uh, and... It comes, I, well, I'm not going to say where it comes from. I'm not going to speculate on where it comes from. What I'm going to say is what I've seen. Uh, and and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sit here and say, back in my day, blah, 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 because I'm still in my motherfucking day. But what I am going to say is when I was being raised in this industry, this was an industry of freaks. This was an industry of uh, people who didn't fit in. This was an industry of people who didn't care that they didn't fit in. And it was an industry of people who waved that flag. And it wasn't. Uh, it, it, it was. It was a freak flag, and it was a true freak freak flag. And it was the only place that we were allowed to fucking fly. It was with a goddamn camera in our hand, or a guitar, or a drumstick, or whatever the fuck it was. The kind you play drums with, Joe, not the kind you eat. I saw your eyes light up there. The drumsticks. 
So, so what you're saying is there was a certain camaraderie. I can never fucking say that word. Camaraderie. camaraderie. That's yes. all right. I've loved a few words myself. Yeah, there was more than a camaraderie. There was a nurturing. There was a, if, if you were one of us, you were one of us, and we stood together like a fucking community, like a fucking family. I know everybody in this world has family. Most people have family. And, you know, God knows we're the fucking black sheeps of those families. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think my dad wasn't a black sheep of a family? I don't know if he was, but I sure as fuck was. And you know what? I was proud of it. And to be the black sheep of that family, that was a fucking hard thing to accomplish. And somehow, not only did I accomplish it, it made me proud. It made me more proud of who I was. And it made me happier to fucking go disappear into my room with my fucking like editing decks and all of my other stuff and fucking just go shoot something and make it and cut it together on tape and 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 on film with a fucking razor blade and you know like it wasn't about tearing people down it was about lifting each other up and it was about saying yeah you had to earn your stripes you had to earn your bones like just because you picked up a camera and shot something didn't make you a filmmaker just because you walked into the bar that the indie dudes hung out in didn't make you an indie filmmaker you had to earn it, you know? You, people always say, this is a tough crowd, right? Well, you ever hear the expression, this is a tough bar to walk in and sit down at? It's the same motherfucking thing. This is a tough fucking bar to sit down and walk at, and to walk into and sit down at. Johnny McDonald. I have known Johnny for years. He is one of the most stand-up motherfuckers I've ever met. Nobody ever had my back like this dude. He was a one-man department on a film I shot. It was unbelievable. This guy, man, he's had my back. I have his back forever. Uh, he's a good man. He's new to the brigade. We just reconnected, and I'm so proud he's here. He's all about the fucking, the fucking spirit of this shit. He got in the brigade, and he started with commenting and lifting people up and being supportive and saying, this is what I'm doing. What's anybody else doing? This is what I'm working on. I got a fucking garage full of gear. Who needs it? Who wants to shoot something? And now him and some other people are working together. And that's the fucking spirit of the independent creator and the independent filmmaker. It's not this shit like, I got to fucking get likes on my Instagram. I got to do this shit. I got to do that shit. It's not just making stuff so that you can run around and say this and say that. If you got to do this for any other reason than the fact that you've got to do it, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not saying that you need to stop. I'm saying you need to sit back and look at yourself and look at your motivation and look at your reasoning for why you want to do this and why you have to do this. This is not something that this is it's not something you, you, you do. You choose it, but you don't choose it. It chooses you and, and you choose to like accept it and take its hand and go into the fucking darkness. And 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 that darkness can become like the biggest light. And these people with their fucking hate, Joe. You know, it's everywhere. It's not about tearing somebody's project down. It's about building it up. Passion in the wrong direction. Yeah. Hang on. I need some coffee. I haven't had enough coffee. Actually, I'll, I'll actually, I'm on my coffee. Actually, I'm on my sixth pot of coffee today. This is pot number six, and I got I got a cup here, and I got a cup here, and I got a like a, one of these thermal cups. I got my wood shop cup here too, just keeping it hot for when these are empty. Well, you see, I, I knew what you were doing tonight. So not only do I have these cups, 
forgot the big daddy also. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you something, Joe. Just so you know, if I hold up my Blame Joe mug and you hold up your Blame Joe mug. Is that like Wonder Twin Powers activate? No, they don't cancel each other out. This one overrides it. Well, what if we do, hold on, now you're going to make me freaking, what what if we do this then? (laughs) (laughs) When we hold the cups up. (laughs) Well, that's just everything's your fault, and we'll get to that. Damn it. So, listen. You, You need to take a breath. You're good. Yeah, I need. I love your passion about this, though, man, and it is true, guys. Think about what he's saying. The amount of energy it takes to actually tear people down, do that to uplift and freaking. If you put half the energy that you put into tearing people down into making a film, you have any idea how much better content would be out there? You have any idea how much better your own work would be? So I'm kind of curious. I don't mean to sound like shaming or anything. I don't mean to sound quite so pissed off, but man, God fucking damn it. This shit is just, it's, it won't stop and it's getting worse. And you know, fuck man. Like when I made my first movie, like we didn't have any money. We didn't have any money. We, we barely had enough money to come up with fucking craft service for people. And I, and I had some buddies who worked at a radio station and I said, man, I need some people to come down because I, I have a movie theater full of people. I got to fill it and everybody got to kill each other. So there was like 500. I needed 500 people in this room. And I put out this thing on the radio stations and I said, anybody who wants to come out and be an extra come out, man. People came out and lined up and it was like out of a fucking movie itself, like the parking lot of where we were shooting filled up with every kind of car you can imagine. And they were pouring out like four or five, six people deep out of these cars and none of them wanted paid. None of them wanted to go around talking shit. None of them wanted to go around fucking hating on anybody. All anybody wanted to do was just be there and just be part of something. Because, you know, what we do, it's fucking rarefied air, you know? I have a big producer friend who told me that once. He said, you know, you breathe rarefied air. You have any idea how many people sit in their cubicles and dream of having the balls to do what you're out there fucking doing? Where'd you go, Joe? Uh, I, I, you think I was going to interrupt that? <laughs> we breathe rarefied air. We represent what people want to do with their lives when they're young. You know, it. It like when I was growing up, it was like, and I said I wasn't going to say when I was growing up, but when I was growing up, you wanted to be, a, you know, a, a cop or a firefighter or an astronaut or a cowboy or whatever the fuck you wanted to be, right? That's turned into... I want to be, I want to make movies. You know, I said that I think the first time I said I want to make movies, I was like five or six. Right. But that's turned into a thing now. It's like a dream. Do you people realize that? Do you people realize that when you pick up a camera, you're fucking living somebody's dream, let alone your own. And we want to fucking hate and we want to, post shit about these people and that people and this and that. And we want to, what, like just because you live in the same town as another filmmaker, you guys can't work together. Ian Steyer, make your flicks. We got your six. That's fucking coming too. We got shit on that coming to the merch store. As soon as fucking Ian releases the graphic to me and uh, he's a perfectionist and he's an amazing artist and he's responsible for all the merch in our store. 
And that's the shit that helps us keep this going. And that's the shit that helps us keep your six. If you're out there making movies, you know, odds are you started making movies because there was something wrong in your life. And that's fine. You know, one way or another. But it's a voice, you know. Find your fucking voice. Put it on film. Don't hate people. Don't bag on people. There's no motherfucking point. It's fucking stupid. This business is hard enough. You got to have a thick skin to do this shit. And if somebody's going to say something that's going to upset this person and you're going to cry about it and somebody's going to upset that person and they're going to cry about it and everybody's going to go on the fucking socials and cry about it, like, that, what do you get? You get a bunch of sensitive people who are fucking crying about shit instead of making art, you know? The greatest artists in history were the toughest motherfuckers you ever met. Look at Hemingway, you know? I mean, obviously, before the end there, you know, it drove him a little bit off the deep end. And, you know, we've all been there, too. God knows I have been, you know? And it's the life choices that we make, and it's the way that we choose to carry and breathe this rarefied air that we get to breathe. And we have a choice. You can either let it push you toward behaving a certain way, or you can put that energy into your fucking art and make it. And if you can't figure something out, and if you can't figure out how to do something, or you say, you know what, I don't have any place to learn this, I don't have anybody to teach me this shit, I don't know what I'm doing, those are all motherfucking excuses. And you know what, now we're here, so there are no more motherfucking excuses. God, I love you. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like this is a tough business. It is one of the toughest businesses in the world. And the reason it's a tough business, and I'm going to just talk here for a, another couple minutes, but stay here because I want to see your reaction to this, Joe. From your perspective in life, I want to see your reaction to this, right? And I call this chasing the art, right? Like you, you ever hear that expression they use like, like chasing the dragon in, in terms of heroin and stuff like that? <clears throat> I have this thing called chasing the art. You know, a lot of us, we start creating or we start writing or we start taking pictures because we don't have a voice or we don't have somebody that we feel can listen. And uh, and we, we, we create this stuff and we keep it to ourselves for a long time. And then finally, somebody sees it or we get the balls to show it to somebody and maybe they bag on it and that drives us deeper into the fucking hole or deeper into the dark. And, you know, and then maybe we create something else and we're going through darkness and we're going through heavy shit. We're going through the worst time of our life, which, by the way, all of us fucking go through the worst time of our life. It's not just you. Right. And so then we create something and somebody sees it and it comes from this place of darkness and this place of pain. And people like it. And we say, fuck, I fucking did it. I did something that people like. I got to do it again. And thus begins the cycle of madness, because what happens is then you go, you create something else and people hate it and you go, fuck. And then you, you go into that dark place again. And the darker you get, the more true your art becomes and the more people start to like it. And then you start realizing that you can only create from the fucking darkness. 
And so now what's happening? You're trying to do better than you did the last time by your own standards, and you're affiliating that with nothing but darkness in your spirit. And so now to chase your own art, you've got to chase the darkness and you've got to find the negativity to harness, to create from. At least that's what it feels like. And so then you start making all this shit and you start making life choices and you start shitting on people and you start losing friends and you start telling the world to go fuck itself because nobody can possibly understand what you're going through. And then something happens. If you're lucky. Something good happens when you're creating something. And then people like it. And if you're lucky enough to have that happen, that means you got to sit back and realize that you don't have to chase the dark. You don't have to chase the negative. You don't have to chase the hate. Create from a good place. You'll live longer. God damn it. I don't have anything sarcastic to say. I hate you. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> Uh, seriously though i mean absolutely it's I, i've got so many comments here that i don't know if you want to scroll through some and i can pull them up but um do you want anybody to i, I kind of like want to invite some people that we actually know to pop on for a minute what are your feelings on that Look, if you want to bring people on, that's fine. I'm not here to talk about anybody. In, it's, it, well, no, just filmmakers in particular with I'm their views here. on this. I'm telling you, if somebody pops up here and throws out a name and says so-and-so's a jerk, uh, that's it. Like, it, this isn't about that. This is about something bigger. Uh, about the support and how it should be other than what we've seen in, in the past two years alone in the indie market freaking going on well my question to you is social media to blame social media i don't know if social media is to blame man i mean you know I, maybe it is look if you remember back in the days of pirate shit right like um like old pirate radio and things like that and college radio stations you know there there was no there was internet yes there was internet it was not like the internet that a lot of maybe our viewers are familiar with you know you had to dial up and download a list of websites and go to them that way. And that kind of, there wasn't, you know, and then there was like AOL and that was a big deal. So, you know, if you wanted to get your underground message out, if you wanted to get your indie message out, there were only a few ways to do it. You had to find the fucking community and you had to earn the community's respect and you had to get your shit out there. And whether that was music, whether that was movies, whether that was street art or paintings or anything like that, and, and, you know, there was this collaborative spirit. Like uh, when I was growing up, I would go out to L.A. sometimes uh, with my dad. I grew up in Pittsburgh, but I would go out there a few times. And, uh, and you know, most of the times I would, I would head off and kind of do my own thing. And I ended up on the Strip a lot, on the Sunset Strip a lot as a young kid. Um, and there was, this, there was this safety there. You know, and it was funny because all of our parents and everybody like that, they were terrified of the streets of Los Angeles. We were all going to die, right? Like we were all going to get run over or pushed into traffic or jumped and stabbed. I mean, that's 2020. 
that wasn't back in the 80s, right? It wasn't like that. There was a safety that came with being a freak. There was a safety that came with being in the communities in those areas, you know, and there was a, there was a, a, an acceptance and there was a collaborative spirit and you would all meet up on the strip and you would go back to somebody's house and you would hang out and you'd smoke a joint and you'd fucking, you know, kick ideas around and you'd, you'd say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And somebody would say, yeah, that's cool, but you should do this. You'd say, Hey, that's awesome idea. Thanks. And you'd go and you'd fucking do it or they would go and do it and you wouldn't get mad and you wouldn't be like, well, that was my idea. Where's my blah, blah, blah. Where's my respect. Where's my credit. You know, it was about like fucking helping. It was about realizing that we're all broken artists one way or another. And we would try to keep each other alive, basically. You know? Yeah, man. Um, give me one second. I think we're going to pull someone up in a moment. Oh. Your brother from another mother was down there still, and he, there he is. Let's pull up uh, Mr. Greco for a moment, because I know he's got an opinion on this. I took him off guard. Sorry. And then Brother. we we got Lauren that has an opinion also. So if uh, Richard, if you can give us an opinion on this. Have you been listening? <laughs> That'd be a better. <laughs> Are you just hanging out with I'm your I'm just going to put you on the spot. Deer in headlights. <laughs> Oh, I, I got I got into it about uh, eight nine minutes ago, back in. Started listening. Again. Awesome. Well, so you well, probably heard some of my ramble there. I don't know if it makes any fucking sense. I don't know. There's no there's no counter. I don't know how many other than the comments that I see popping up that I haven't even paid attention to, and I apologize to everybody for that. I've just been rambling, so I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense. In, in retrospect, and on, on how people in, in uh, especially, well, I mean, in, in the business in general, but especially in the indie world, it seems to be, uh, it's gotten to the point where um, people are so worried about what people think about what they're doing instead of worrying about their own stuff and creating their own stuff. And they're always worried about, like you said, like, did, was that my idea? Did you take my idea? Um, I mean, I remember the day where. I come up with an idea for a movie or a script or this or that, and we bounce it around. It's almost like writing songs, and uh, and it wasn't a big deal. But it seems today I've lost so many people that get. It seems when things are going well, they they find any way to sabotage it. Uh, you know what I mean? It's really odd. It's like it's like a, it's like a. They're like walk, walking oxymorons. I mean, and then it gets to the point where, I mean, each person has has, has a has a something that can be used to, to doing a project. Like you do this well, and you do this well, and you can sell it well, and you can talk. I mean, and you can write a bible, and you can, but you can pitch well. And, and but now it's just funny. The past couple of years, other than meeting you and and stuff like that. Um, I mean, people get so weird and so kind of like, I mean, like where it's almost like a bipolar syndrome where they, they've changed so hard and so fast uh, that, uh, and you're like, what did I do? And I'm thinking, what did I do other than be myself and and and, uh, and stick up for people 
and not go behind their backs and just be up front with them and tell them the truth. Um, um, but you get a lot of, there's a lot of jealousies out there now. Um, it seems more so than, than, than it used to be. Uh, it's hard enough to make a fucking movie than to, than to, than to just talk behind each other's backs and, 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 and you're going to hear it anyways. You're going to find out, I mean, eventually who the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. In this day and age. So it's like, I mean, I think everyone's just got to calm down and get to the point. It's funny. I talked to a friend of mine today. Um, I told you who, who uh, I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But even, even at the big, the biggest agency in the world, they've kind of lost and even said it, they've kind of lost sight of what they were doing and what they're there to do as far as create and, 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 uh, do movies. Obviously everything's got them. I mean, everyone's looking at the buck and how much it's going to make and stuff like that. But, but once you start looking at that, you kind of lose what the movie's about and why you did it. Um, if you look at, if if you're looking at the goal of what it's going to do, two years from now, then you kind of miss the point of the now. That's right. That's an excellent point. You, you know, know what I mean, you I do think, you know, like back when I was back in the sunset strip days, I was just talking about you and I just talked about that yesterday, which is why I think it's in the tip of my brain, you know, like it was different and you just lived for the now. That was the point of fucking creating. You had an idea, you had to get it out of your spirit or you were going to go crazy so you just, you created it and you did what you had to do to create it. I mean, do you remember seeing like David Lynch run around with his film camera out there? Like, oh, on, yeah. like on the Sunset Strip, he'd run up to you if you were eating and he'd be like, hang on, I just want a shot of your burger. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> and everybody was cool with it, you know, and it was like, it didn't matter. It was just, that's how it used to be. And it's going away, man. And these people, like you say, they just turn on a fucking dime and they turn on each other and they turn on themselves. And, you know, you and I, we've got a lot of experience in this business and God knows I have experience. Look, I haven't always been the person I am today or I've made mistakes that I regret and, you know, uh, but that's, that's me. And I'll spend the rest of my life trying to make sure that my own spirit's good with that. Um, you know, but as long as I can do something to try to keep this community together and keep it a community, I mean, it's, it, it just needs more people to think the way you and I talk, which is why it means so much to me that you came on tonight because um, not a, I, there's not a lot of people I can talk to like I can talk to you, man. No, mm -hmm. we were talking about that today. I, I can't call anybody anymore. I can't. Um, uh, like just, I mean, I called you today. We ended up talking for an hour and 25 minutes. I mean, yeah. and, and uh, what the, I mean, and then I started calling, like I started, I think you and I discussed it last week, you know, calling people that you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. You know, and and kind of going, you don't know why you haven't talked to them in a while and, and stuff. And, and they're and they're in the business and, and they're and they're good people. And and I made a connection today that uh, I never thought it'd go that well. And now we got a great uh, platform there where we can do stuff. And, and and I think it's also, oh, I, myself, I'm, I'm horrible at it. Uh, going, when you become really provincial 
which I, I do. And you go to those dark places like you, have to, you were talking about. And that's why I paint, you know, because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, that's why I would work. Yeah, exactly. And but there's still good people out here and there's still good people in this business. I mean, I, I think it's gotten to the point right now. It's so easy to make a film today with your camera. You see so many people making movies with their phone. And and I think I think part of the process is the arduous process of the first getting the script, coming up with a good story, coming up with, with, with that platform first, and then take it from there. Then, and this is in the indie world, um, then going after an investor or two or three, which a lot of time is, is a real arduous process and sometimes it's easier. Um, you know, putting all those layers together, then finally getting to the point where you, you get the money, then, then, then you start putting a, a cast together and a crew together and this and that, which you and I have talked about tons of times. And that's part of the, and then after like eight months, you finally get together, you set up a date when you're going to shoot and, and you prep and this and that. And I think it's just, it's hard enough to get to that point without everybody just, uh, I mean, they're losing their minds out there. I mean, where people are really mean and he, and, you know, just really mean. And, 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 and I think a big part of it is ignorance. Yeah. Today. And, and, and ignorance is when you're ignorant, when you're ignorant about a lot of things and you try to talk about things you don't know about and come from a place of non-knowledge, you're dead. Yeah, um, that's what's happening a lot, a lot with society too. I mean, people are talking about stuff that they have no idea what they're talking about, and I just think uh, we got to get to a better place where, I mean, where we have each other's backs again. Yeah, and you don't you know? have to worry about talking to somebody and not worrying about what they're going to say or who they're going to tell the next day or that night. Or, that's right. Or, you know. Well, listen, hey, man. How, how, how you used to have a ton of friends and now you just have like a very few. Yeah. Well, and you know what? But that's, I mean, that's okay. And, you yeah, know, no, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's honestly, you feel lighter. But listen, I want to, I want to continue this conversation with you. I want to close the show with you. Um, I've got a couple of other people I want to bring in and we've got Brett DeYeager up here. Can you hang out for a little bit and come back on and we can talk a little bit more about this in depth in a few minutes absolutely all right brother all right, brother. All right so before we get to brett um you know the whole topic of conversation i got lauren that messaged me and he was actually in the comments also and if okay i'm going to bring him up just for a moment just so the the whole indie side of it do it i love this fucking guy okay here we go lauren Lauren, your mic is. What's muted. up, brother? I think. It's yeah, you're muted. There you go. There you go. Yes. All right. Yes. What's up, brother? Uh, things are all right. I was definitely looking forward to the show, one way or another. But uh, you, you know, we, we, I've been talking to you through the week and everything too. But you know, 
me wearing many hats of, you know, obviously being an actor and a director of the dark military. I also run two film festivals and I'm also in the city of Philadelphia, which is more of a, you know, it's a sports town. It's not really known for its uh, independent films and everything. And, you know, <laughs> not much comes out of here. And what me, what I ended up having to do was basically break away and kind of come the anti-person from around here because I've I've said a lot of things about uh, the locals here, and I would wish I was wrong. <laughs> I wish that like, hey, the way they their work ethic is that's what I question their whole their whole way of how they do things. Well, you know, and listen, man, you know, I look, I I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, I I know the Philly, you know, I know the Philly game a little bit. Um, you know, when you get cities that were put on the map by filmmakers, you get a different kind of culture in that city. Uh, you know, what my my dad started uh, up in Pittsburgh, um, you know, created a vibe and a tone for the city of Pittsburgh that, uh, you know, then Pittsburgh went on years later to become a huge film city. And then they made uh, Inspector Gadget there. And I think the director talked shit on the city back in L.A. or something. And so nobody came back to the city for a bunch of years. And now it's like a booming production town again and it's awesome and it's beautiful to see but you know the thing about the pittsburgh scene is that there's still this level of collaboration you know and i understand what you're saying about the work ethic and all of that stuff but you know what no matter what the work ethic is of the people around you you got to just do your own thing as an artist you know and if those people aren't if there's gonna if there's gonna be people that end up on your show uh, or on your picture that don't have the right work ethic or aren't there to do what you need them to do, then you just get rid of them. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, that's the other thing about that, that, that I've noticed is that people are afraid because a lot of times we involve our friends in our productions and that, that generally turns into, and I know you and I have discussed some of this stuff. It turns into almost like this committee by proxy. You involve some people that you know, and all of a sudden some of those folks end up believing that they've got a little more say in your vision. Oh yeah. And on the one hand, that's okay. But on the other hand, at the end of the day, if you're the filmmaker, it's on you to make sure that those people are there to support your vision. And when they make their movie, you'll be there to support their vision. And I think that maybe what you're talking about in Philly is like an actual small, you know, like community, city, community kind of vibe of what we're talking about, where people, it doesn't, they're all in, everybody's in the same city and nobody thinks that they can work together. Right. Well, Yes and no. Um, Philly's a little bit more weird here. Uh, I, I always say, like, the people that become something from Philadelphia, they leave. They go to New York. They go to Atlanta. They go to L.A. It seems like from – I wasted a lot of years here believing in a lot of the other film directors. And when a lot of the problem is, which I would call, as far as the independence, I call it the Philadelphia virus. And what the Philadelphia virus is is when you're a brand-new actor and you come in, you end up in somebody's film where they brought in no lighting, no audio, no storyboards. You work for free and you're watching these people do these films and you find out, oh, they've only made about four or five short films. And you look at, well, this is this a guy walking around with a camera. That doesn't seem too difficult. You know what? I'm going to be a film director now. <laughs> and it just chain react. And I will say I started in 2010. I was one of those people. I was one of them. Well, why not? I'll start my own film, Maverick Superstar Films. I could do that. And we were then, all one of those people. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. And I mean, listen, you got to start somewhere. But the thing was, is it's like whoever made the latest film thought they were the king. And, uh, <laughs> and it just seemed 
you're not getting help from anywhere. You're not getting any funding. Uh, everybody just had a terrible marketing complaint, uh, campaign for anything that they were trying to put out with this a Facebook page, a trailer, and then, well, I can't afford anything else. You know, it, 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 I call it the, the, the lottery ticket. That's yeah. their belief. They just hope it's going to chain react, and then they're working for Marvel, and they're going to be in the Star Wars movie. And you've got to have a huge marketing plan. And when I started my film festivals, Freedom Shorts of Liberty Massacre, it was nothing but locals. And I had like two, two, three, two, three, four hundred people there all the time. It was the filmmakers, it was the cast, and their friends. And it, it was doing really good. These films weren't that good. Finally, I started getting content in from around the world. And I'm like, one of these in here is a gem, and it's not a local. <laughs> you know? And then little by little, you know, finally I started telling my people from around the country, like, yo, I'm doing films. And I showed them my films and I call it like I've help desk. You know, this is what you can call it the indie brigade thing. Everyone, this is a help desk. This is this is here for direction. I showed them my films and it was this look, I'm a, punk, I'm a punk rocker. It was just brutally honest. They started laughing in my face. They're like, what is this lump of shit? Like, they're just, it was terrible. And I was like, I did, I was like, keep hitting me. Come on, come on. So I went and told everybody else. And it's like, well, that's your film. That's not our film. And it was like nothing registered. So I was like the first one to say, look, your film's not leaving Philadelphia. It's only screaming at this coffee house. So it's like, you film it, you, you screen it, your friends and family say it's great. You high five, you get the next script, you start the next one. You're not getting anywhere. You know? You will eventually get there though. I mean, you know, here's the thing. If you learn from your if you learn from your previous experiences, if you take what you've done and you build upon that, it's when people get stuck in the same thing over and over, right? It's that it's that old do the same it's, thing a thousand times. It's a Pittsburgh thing, but I'm calling what I'm just saying here, it's groundhog day. They don't see anywhere else to go. They're yeah. Not, that's all it is. And I was the one that left. You know, yeah. one of the reasons I'm at the table here now with you guys is how the dark military came through Pennsylvania hardcore. Like it, you just have to get out there. You got to get the conventions. You got to go to screens. You got to go to Alamo draft house. I mean, you just need the network. You can't stay local unless like you're obviously in New York, LA. I mean, or Atlanta, somewhere where you need to be, but you just got to get out there. And the, the more, the more like you get out there, the more there's a demand for you. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good thing. It's also a double-edged sword because everybody hits you up and you could just be like, uh, someone could be hitting you up like, I need a favor. I'm out with my family. Oh, well, anyway. And then they just go right into it. Like they're very ignorant. They just. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, but look, <sighs> even when you talk about these other cities, New York, LA, Atlanta, they're their own ecosystems as well. You know, they all of those cities have their own versions of what you're talking about. And it exists everywhere. And, you know, at, but at the same time, there are towns where those communities are less supportive and they're more, they're more, they're more dedicated to tearing each other down. But, you know, like Philly, Pittsburgh, people don't realize what a tough town Pittsburgh was to grow up in, you know, and but when we would tear each other down, we would do it in hopes that we were we were honestly trying to help each other fix, you know, like a muscle, like you go to the gym, you tear your muscles, they heal, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like that was what we that was kind of the same thing. Like, okay, you're out there doing this shit. Yeah, man, great job. But you know, you really blew it. So you know, let's figure out how to do it better next time. And what can we do to help? And that's what the that's what the indie indie brigade is about. We're here to help help 
you know, heal those muscles so that you can keep flexing them and exercising and working out your art. You know, I mean, nobody started out a fucking uh, Scorsese. Nobody started out a fucking Van Gogh. Nobody started out, you know, any of these people, not even those people. Yeah. And I would say also, like, I'm not just talking about my city, but everybody else. Like, you've got to you've got to earn this and you have to outwork. And I mean, your life has to shut down. You've got to dedicate yourself to to this this business. And I just think a lot of people don't want to go that extra mile. And like, hey, I, you know. I act. I've been close to 100 independent films. I got the Dark Military out, which you guys could check out now. The Pennsylvania Hardcore Documentary, Freedom Shorts, Liberty Massacre, and I do a show from Princeton Television with Adam Bierman. Like that's me putting out like fishing like networks. You know, it's like you're you're just trying to see which one of these could give me the next level and all that. And like due to that is why I'm a part of more of on you know helping. I have a small role in it, but this is how I got into Terrifier Part Two. That's yeah. why Damien like tr- trusted in me. I'm not right. just a fan that hit him up. It's like, yo, can I be in your movie? That happens every day, right? So that that's how you that's how get things get done, folks. Like you just it. <laughs> I remember I got yeah. twenty hour days like last uh, uh, a couple of days ago with the Terrifier thing between because I'm still doing my real world job, I'm doing my real world job, then going to that movie set. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Lauren, I, f- I fucking think you're the best, man. I'm so proud that you're here in the brigade, man. I'm proud to know you. I'm happy that you're here, and I'm happy that you got a voice in this shit, man. I really am. It means the world to me. Thank you. And you know what? Uh, a lot of the people from the brigade sent me friend requests, and they're just so supportive. I just, like, say thank you to all that. Like, because they, they've been reposting all the dark military stuff. I mean, it, folks, it, this is great. I just I, I love all you guys. I love how you guys hit me up with IMs. I love talking talking to everybody. That's a big thing, too, everyone. You got to talk to your fans. If they're writing you, you just can't be like, I don't know this guy. If they're your fan, make time for them because they're making time for you. Yeah. And you know what else I'll tell you? A lot of your fans will end up being good friends. Yes, they will. You know, listen, Lauren, I got to bring up Brett DeYeager, but I can't thank you enough for popping in here and talking with us, man. Seriously. Thank you. I, I, I followed up Richard Greco. That's so cool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait a minute. You followed up Joe Ridgely. Oh, yes, yes, even better. Double down Friday. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right, brother, I'll catch you soon. All right, thank All you. Right. That was cool of him to pop on. It was I, very cool. He, he was on standby, standby, and he was just like, let me in. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to pull up uh, Peter Angel. David Madison's got it figured out. He's great to both his fans. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I read a comment. <laughs> well, <laughs> Peter Angel of uh, my indie my indie productions and bad uh, bad uh, angry man anger man distribution. Peter's a good guy. Uh, I'm really happy that he started following and being involved with the brigade too. Uh, what did he say? Let me read this here. Oh God, really? Thank you. The reality is some people get a kick out of ruining things for other people. The secret and tough part is finding the right people who will have your back and sticking with them. Too many haters, unfortunately, but so many good people as well trying to keep things positive. Peter, that's the entire point of what I'm trying to talk about tonight. I'm trying to keep it positive. And, you know, I've I, I, I've been uh, with my indie for a long time. Uh, I think that what happened with the Facebook fiasco is ridiculous. Um, you Pertaining know, to my indie. Yeah, absolutely. I think Itai is a great guy. He and I have been friends for a very long time. Um, and you're right. You know, it is it is finding the people who will have your back. 
you know, but the, the other thing, and I just, to, just to speak to that is just because you bring somebody onto your film and just because you're all making a movie together, doesn't mean that all of those people immediately get a key to your inner fucking circle. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to keep your circle tight. You got to keep your circle small. You got to keep your vision to yourself and, and, and people who have your back are people who are going to help you try to protect your vision. Not people who are, are going to try to tear it down, get in, fuck it up, change it, twist it around, do any of that shit. Um, and that's a hard thing to do because there's some good, there's some people out there who are real good at making you think they belong in your circle and you might not find out for a long time that they don't. But you know, the thing about it is, Boot them from your circle. Get them the fuck out of your out of your life. Get them out of your spirit. Get that energy out of your art, and put all of that other confused, upset, and angry energy into your fucking art. That's the only thing that we have. Any of us broken, misfit, fucking freaks in this industry that raised me in this community that raised me in this place where artists in the eighties and the nineties who were on track there are legendary stories about businesses in la that would take in artists and and feed them and and let them crash in the back room or whatever because there was that level of dedication to what we were trying to do and uh, and i have some of those stories myself and some of those stories even went into the 2000s with uh with a particular restaurant out there in la that uh i i did all of my business at and when when the when the shit hit the fan for me in my personal life and some other stuff, uh, they took me in, man. And the owner pulled me aside, and he pulled up aside of some other people and said, "This guy's money's no good here anymore. Just make sure he's fed, give him food and wine and love, and just let him come in when he needs to come in." And and you know that was it was like old school. It was like old school fucking Hollywood taking care of you because you were around, you were relevant, you were. You were you were present. I don't want to say relevant. That's an overword. I didn't mean relevant. Uh, I've never been fucking relevant, uh, but I was present, and um, and I was present in the moment, and I was present in people's lives, and I've always tried. And it's funny because if you would have told me several years ago that I was going to be the fucking optimist in this world, I probably would have looked at you and laughed. But uh, it turns out that people tell me that I'm quite the optimist, and I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe it's all fucking altruistic dreams and goals, but the fact remains that this sense of community is the only thing that kept me alive for my entire fucking life. Um, you know, uh, just because my father was who he was and is who he was, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that anything was ever handed to me. I never wanted anything to be handed to me. There's a bunch of kids out there of, of famous folks uh, who have handed stuff to them and you know what? I saw I, over my life growing up, I've seen a bunch of them in alleys with their fucking veins spiked. And I wasn't ever going to turn out to want to be one of those guys. And, you know, and like, it's just not, uh, you know, you got to fucking honor in this life and you got to have accountability for your actions and you got to have accountability for your own art. And if you can't stand behind your own art and say, if this pisses you off, fuck yourself because I believe in it, then that's on you. It's not on anybody else. There's nobody trying to make you look bad or feel bad or any of that shit if it's your motherfucking art it's your motherfucking art and you need to make that shit and put that shit in the world and you know i don't care if that means you gotta fucking rent a van from 1968 and make a film print and drive to new york and drive to every city in between where you live in new york city and stop and try to show it in bars and just stop and try to show it in little movie theaters and uh you know i mean that's what people did 
that's what people need to do. The internet is a wonderful tool to make that shit easier on your mileage, easier on your on your bank account, easier on all that shit. Don't use it to spread vitriol and hate. Don't use it to tear people down. Everybody out there that you are talking shit on is out there trying to do the same motherfucking thing you're trying to do. And, you know, for everybody that you tear down, that's somebody you're not helping. And that's somebody who could go out there and tear you down, you know? And who the fuck wants that? You know, there's enough problems in our lives. We got enough people out there trying to make sure that we don't do what we want to do or what we need to do. Don't be one of them. Don't be part of the motherfucking problem. Be part of the fucking solution. Boom. And you bring up a very valid point. This isn't high school. It's not about clicks. It's a job first. It's it's a passion, granted, but enough of the bullshit. And, and Peter is also... The anonymity of the internet makes it very difficult to know who's trying to screw you. The situation with Itai is now history for him. Uh, you know. Uh, I look, thought Itai, I pulled up a different one. My mistake. Yeah, Itai is a great person. He's a great man. He does good things for indie people, and he's full of nothing but love for what we are all out there trying to do. You know what I mean? Itai is a phenomenal example, um, you know, of, of who we all should try to be. You know, I mean, we should all be like Itai. He's 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 gold. He don't have a bad word to say about anybody. He does nothing but try to lift us all up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you like or who you don't like. He just loves, man. He just puts it out, you know. And uh, you know, and and Terry, that's even what I said earlier. If 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 half the energy that is being put into the negativity could could be put into your own art, your art would be better. It would be more truthful. You know, art is truth. There, There is no truth better than art. And there is no better way to get truth out than to fucking open up a vein, pull out that nerve, and show it to the world. You know? And, and it's interesting because I, I don't want this to be about negativity. I don't. I'm trying to make this about positivity because the Indie Brigade is here to be positive. We're here to have your fucking back. And we're here to answer your questions. And we're here to teach you the things you don't know. Uh, whether that be through our podcasts or through a one-on-one -on -one mentor session. And I know Joe's getting that like antsy thing. So hang on a second. Everybody you're listening to the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. That's not why I'm getting Nancy. We have two uh, guests no. on board. Uh, what? <laughs> we have two guests on board. No, we're working on it. Everybody knows what's going on tonight. So, you know, the whole point and, and stop with your fucking negativity, Joe. Look, I'm trying to keep everything positive. I'm trying to 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 be a a place of positivity in an otherwise place of darkness for a lot of us artists. That's what this is about. And that's what I'm excited to talk to Brett about. And that's what I'm excited to get back into with Greco. It's talk about the positivity, how we stay positive, what we can do. You know, Brett is a, a, a very interesting person, and I'm thrilled that I get to talk to him actually in person for the first time ever here on the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. Wow. And the Boom. negativity continues. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Joe. <laughs> uh, but oh, wait, who? 
be excellent to each other. Lance says that all the time. And even Peter Angel blamed you. Blame oh, Joe. Yeah, Damn right, Peter. We need to get you a mug, man. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to bring Brett up now, if I may. Yeah, um, please. Can, can you do a, slight, a little intro for... Right, Everybody, so this is Mr. I'm sorry, Dr. Brett DeYeager. Doctor? That was the intro. Fucking bring him up. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Where's the fancy chair from the I want to be on your podcast photo? I'm sitting oh. at it. All right. Nice chair. Nice chair. How's it going, buddy? It's going great. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, you, usually I'm in bed by now, but it's all good. I said <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> well, hopefully we're a good enough reason to stay up, man. Absolutely. You know, and by stay up, I mean that literally and figuratively, because that's sort of the whole point of tonight, isn't it? Yep. And you are a doctor, sir. So yep. I owe you a lot of respect. What exactly are you a doctor of for those uh, who don't know? Yeah. So I have a, I have a doctorate in, uh, in psychology. So, um, yeah, not a medical doctorate, but a, a doctorate in psychology. It's going to psychoanalyze all of us now. Thanks, George. Well, no, what's interesting to me is that you have a doctorate in psychology and that you made bone jangles. Right. right. <laughs> the difference is I didn't write bone jangles. He I directed it. it. I didn't write it. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me this. Like, How, how does the, the doctorate in psychology, how does that play into your choice to get into making horror films, number one, and how does it affect you as an actual filmmaker making these horror films? Sure. I, I mean, I think, you know, I get that question so often, like, oh, you're a doctor of psychology, but you make horror films. Like, how does that all tie in? Um, and I have no idea. It, <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, um, it just adds another level of, of understanding people and uh, understanding different perspectives and what motivates people and what, um, what keeps a behavior continuing, you know, because there's all sorts of different levels of reinforcement that will um, keep a, a certain behavior from, from continuing on. So like I, I behave in a certain way because it's been reinforced over my lifetime. And if you can figure out what reinforces a person's behavior, you can, you can use that to your advantage and you can use that to, um, like, especially on a film set, you can get the most out of somebody and you can bring people together that might normally not um, mesh. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I tell a lot of people when they ask me what it's like to direct a movie, I tell them it's, you know, it's one part artist and one part psychologist. And, um, you know, because a lot of times when it comes to the performances, you know, there's a lot of very personal conversations that directors have with their talent and with their cast. And a lot of that stuff, uh, you, you know, there's a trust that goes with that. And that goes back to kind of the whole topic of the evening, you know, is this trust that we have. Um, with each other and and you know when we get out to make a movie and we and we trust our directors and we trust our actors and we we end up having these very deep conversations with each other and that's something that's to be nurtured and protected in my in my opinion you know um, that's kind of my approach to it and uh, and you know I believe that my art is personal and if you're gonna work on it with me then that means you you're gonna take it personally and it's gonna become personal to you 
Uh, but again, just to back to your point, I guess that's kind of how I was raised. Right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, and kind of, you know, piggyback on what you just said, it's um, when you bring somebody on board, like as a director, you know, as an indie filmmaker with limited resources and whatnot, the people we bring onto our projects, um, I, as a director, I know that that in itself is going to be the biggest factor in whether the project is going to be successful or not, because it just takes one person to influence the whole project or completely take it down. And so when 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 I'm bringing people on onto my projects, that's something that I, I take hot. I mean, that's top priority is uh, do my my personal um, feelings. Yeah, I can't let those get in the way. But also, do we all have the same professional goal? And and that is if I bring you on, I want you to be 100% committed, but also you need to be a team player too, because that's for me, and, you know, and, and you can ask, you know, a lot of the actors that I've worked with too. Um, it's, I, I have to rely on everybody's, everybody's expertise. And I've always been raised and trained in that um, I'm only as strong as the, as the people I'm with, I'm associating with. And, I can't know everything. So that's why I bring on people that are smarter than me and more talented than me because they make me look good. And that's what I've always said about like the projects that I've worked on is that the the actors and the crew have really made me look like a much better, more talented director than I ever could even imagine or hope for. Well, and that's that's a brilliant point to bring up, you know. I mean, I I worked uh, on on uh, a lot of my early stuff was in Pittsburgh where I was raised. And, uh, as I started to earn my bones and, and kind of make people realize that I wasn't just showing up saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm George's kid. Let's do this, which I never once did in my life. Right. Uh, I earned my respect the hard way. And, um, you know, I finally got to a point. One of the highlights of my career was I got to, I got to work with some people on my cruise that worked with my dad back in the day. And it was like, it was, it was so unbelievable to me, you know, and uh, and there was one guy in particular. I'll never I, I love Bamba and uh, he's still out there working it and, and kicking it and killing it. And he's probably the best dolly grip I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I'll never forget the day that he came up to me and told me I was about to roll cameras. And he said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And here comes my first AD who was, you know, fresh off of some L.A. stuff. And he was like, what the fuck is the dolly grip talking to you about? And I said, I don't know. We're going to find out. And he said, uh, listen, I got to tell you, you're going to have some problems with this shot. And I listened to him and I said, all right, we're going to tear everything down and start the setup over again. And uh, because you listen to people with experience, you listen to people who do this for a living and you do, you listen to people uh, who are better than you. And, and if you're lucky enough to get people who are better than you on your film, that all that does is, like you said, it makes you look better. It makes you look good. It makes your movie better. Right. And that's what we all want. So my question to you is, what are some of the ways that you spread this positivity? How do you keep the positivity up? How do you keep your your crews happy? How do you keep, uh, you know, what are some 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 pieces of advice that you could maybe offer some folks in terms of, you know, finding the right people and finding the like-minded folks and keeping them positive and focused on on your vision and things like that? Like, let's talk about good shit. Right. Yeah. And and honestly, like my whole. Um, my whole time filmmaking since I started, I've been 
extremely lucky and blessed to to run into so many amazing people that really have um, created my path in filmmaking. I haven't, I'm not here. I've not made the projects I've made without an insane amount of help from other people that took huge um, risks taking me on board. Cause I was, you know, I've never even done that kind of stuff before. And they took me in and they, and they, they helped me learn the ro the ropes and, and stuff. And so like now, I mean, the biggest thing that I, I'm at right now is, um, and I realize not everybody's there, is that I, I need to, I want to, to pay everybody at least something, and and that goes a long way. Even if it's, even if it's not a their day rate, um, just the fact that you're willing to to listen and negotiate and and say, hey, um, this is what this is what I can offer you, and and your work is so valuable, and your time is worth more than what I can offer you but this is what I'm able to offer you to keep the integrity of the project and to keep the project going. So I understand if you can't come on board, but um, we would love to have you. And so I think like letting people know that while I'm only offering them or I'm only able to offer them a certain amount of money, I realize that their time and their skill set is worth way more than that. And I think that that in itself has been invaluable for me because people, they want to feel valued. And I think a lot of the issues lately have been just people don't, don't see the value in other human beings. And for me to say, you know what, I can, you're, you're worth more than, you're worth more than a hundred dollars a day, but this is what I have to work with. And on top of that, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that you'll you'll see the value in that as well um but no hard feelings if you if you can't make it swing because you have you have to make a living and and i'm in a unique situation because i don't make movies to make a living because i have a whole other career that funds my movies and and i and you know not a lot of people are in that in that in that uh category so um, just showing people that they're worth more than what I'm able to pay them. I mean, because I don't have that money. Um, so yeah, I don't know. No, it's interesting. It's an interesting point that you bring up, you know, and I've actually spoken to uh, a good friend of the brigade named Michael Mandeville, who's a producer on the taken films. And he's also done a lot of very low budget indie stuff. Uh, and he's across the board from both ends of the spectrum. And, you know, he says the exact same thing. You know, if you can show people that you value why they're there and you understand that, that, that they have a value that is beyond what you can afford, a lot of times that's all the respect that you really need to show to get some respect back. And, you know, I think the most important thing that you said at the end there was there's no hard feelings if it doesn't work out. And, you know, it seems like it's, it's harder and harder for people to say no hard feelings and mean no hard feelings. Right. And, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, trying to walk the walk, the walk there, not just talk the talk, walk in the walk and, and not only not having hard feelings, but, but actually celebrating other people's success, you know? And you are in a very rare category of, of independent filmmakers because not only does your other career finance your films, that means you don't have to answer to anybody. You know, you don't have investors breathing down your back. You don't have family members saying, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the funny thing is, um, you know, my wife, uh, and I was in, in the funny, yeah, I, I don't know if I want to go down that road, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, my wife has her own thing and she supports this and, uh, um, she makes, you know, her own money and I make my own money and, and it's, it's a team. So I, I, you know, and, and I see like people like, uh, even for like Lance, 
Wagner. Uh, the guy is one of the, the biggest supporters of, of indie filmmakers in the world. And I see that he's how much he has a really caring and loving wife support system. And I, and I, and I'm very blessed to have that myself, but also, um, I wish everybody had that because it allows you to branch out and take risks that you normally might not want to take. And I think that's important. Like, uh, Lauren, Lauren was said, was saying is you have to put yourself out there. Otherwise you, you stay in the same circle and you stay in the same, um, area and you stay in the same kind of like routine and then you kind of look back you know five years later and you're like how did, how did i how i've worked all these you know i've done all these projects but i'm still in the same situation so um you know it's a lot has to do with who you surround yourself with too and 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 i work with i work with kids um and and i tell these these kids you you are uh, a, a big part of you is is who you hang out with. Your your you you know your five closest friends. That that says a lot about who you are. So it's very if somebody's toxic, you need to have that that uh, that that conversation with yourself. Is are they worth are they worth that? And it's okay to let people go, and it's okay to make new friends because life is short and. People, people love drama and people love to stir up stuff and people love to, to see people fail. And that's just, you know, that's unfortunately, that's just what, what, you know, what you're seeing a lot now. Um, but I try to stay out of it. I really do. I try to like mute it and cause I don't have time for it and because it, it does impact, you know, it does affect me as well. Yeah, it really does. And that's the other thing, you know, it's interesting. I try to I try to avoid it at all costs too. I mean, and the thing is it has a way of finding you no matter what. There's always drama's always going to find a way in. It's like one of those velociraptors at the fence, right? It's always going to find a weak spot in the fence and it's going to get in. You don't need to go looking for it or finding more or jumping into other people's drama. You need to stay away from it and eject it from your life. Uh, you know, God knows a lot of indie filmmakers out there have enough of that toxicity and a lot of that that darkness and anger inside themselves and toward themselves and toward their own art that you know uh most i, I think one of the big takeaways from what you just said to me is that you've got to have that conversation with yourself before you can have it with anybody else right. and you've got to come to terms with who you are as a as an artist before you can come to terms with the art you're trying to create and then at that point you can you can figure out who gets to go with you there's an old book uh, called Fire in the Belly that I read when I was a kid. And it was one of the first times I, I ever read in black and white words. It said, uh, decide where you're going in life and then decide who gets to go with you. It's very much just it's very much filmmaking. You know, I mean, that's what we do. We decide who gets to come with us on the journey of our story or our art or our song or our poem or whatever it is that we're creating. We get to decide its fate before we decide who gets to come with us. And uh, I just think that what you do is inspirational, man. And I think it's, uh, I, I think it's, uh, I, I, I think you've got a really good approach to this stuff. And, and I love that your head is on the way that it is because more filmmakers need to think like you, more filmmakers need to talk like you, more fi filmmakers need to approach their own art the way you do it. Uh, and I don't mean financially, I mean, from your spirit, you know, I mean, well, I, and, and I, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means because I've made my fair share of mistakes and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm just lucky to even be in this situation. Um, but again, I go back to um, the, the, the filmmaking 
uh, is the the industry is so small. And right now, I'm you know kind of in between two different industry, you know, two different hotspots like Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so, I, I mean, I live in a town of a thousand people, and um, nobody. I have no neighbors. I, you know, there's there's really no filmmaking around here. So when I when I make projects or when I reach out, I have to go. You know, two hours is the closest hub really for any, for anything. I mean, the closest Walmart I have is 30, 30 miles. Yeah. Um, and so when, when you do make those contacts with people who have those like-minded, um, you know, tendencies and, and the passion for movies and all that kind of stuff, you have to, you have to respect that and, and keep that intact because if you burn those bridges, in my, in where I'm located, there's no, there's nobody else. And so, um, and people remember those things. So you guy, I'm always thinking like, okay, if I want to keep doing this, I have to treat people with, re with respect. Absolutely. No matter what. And sometimes I have to put my ego aside and my pride aside and, and take it for what it's worth. You know, I do. You make some excellent points, man. Um, listen, I don't know how to thank you for staying up tonight, coming on with us, man. It's it's. I, I want to uh, I want to wrap it up with you because we're uh, we're already as we are. We're going to be going late, so um, I, I you know you've got such a unique and beautiful perspective on this stuff, man. Uh, I wonder uh, if you wouldn't mind letting everybody know uh, what you're working on, what's going on with you. Let's it's let's do the plug section and get all your get all your information out there so people can find you. People need more of your kind of fucking mind in this business. So put it out there, man. I pre I appreciate what you uh, the really kind words that you've said and and really what you guys are doing. Um, I I haven't done a lot of uh, interviews or podcasts in a long time, um, but this one actually I really felt like it was a really good opportunity because what you guys have done is you're starting to bring everybody back together instead of well you're on your own you're on your own we're all in this, but we're all against each other. And that's, that's really not how it's really not how it needs to be. So, um, some of the projects, um, I'm, I guess we got, uh, I got a segment coming out in the, uh, the anthology cryptids, um, from the creators of, you know, the barn. And so I, I got, I directed a segment in that, um, I did a, you know, obviously most people know I did the, a full trailer in uh, 1031 part two. Um, I directed a, a short film, um, the end of December, um, that's kind of a secret project. Um, and that's in post-production right now. Um, but, uh, I don't have any current feature length projects in the works. So I'm just trying to figure out which project would, would be best for me next. So if there's any scripts out there, um, that, uh, you're looking to get produced or turn into a feature length and you need a director or a producer, let me know. I'm, I'm definitely interested in reading some scripts and trying to figure out what, which route I want to take next. But I also have a, a, a new merch company. That's kind of what I've really been working on, uh, mystery of the macabre. Um, and that is specializing in like patch hats, horror patch hats. So if you can go to mystery and get a, a bone jangles hat, um, there's two different types. We have a whole bunch of different uh, uh, stickers. We have some horror candles coming out. 
uh, T-shirts. We're going to have some socks and all whole, whole bunch of different things. So uh, definitely check that out. All that money that goes, the sales from that website go directly to funding um, my next projects. Um, yeah. So that's my plug. Awesome. Listen, brother, I'm, I'm so happy and proud that you're here with us. And, uh, you know, I hope you'll be involved in the brigade uh, and in the community. I'm pretty sure we've already got you in the uh, in the group there. Yep. Uh, if we don't, then uh, you'll be getting an invite shortly and you can blame Joe for the fucking delay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you invited me. And that's awesome. I appreciate it. I'm definitely I'm definitely in. OK, cool. Well, listen, anybody out there listening, uh, Brett DeYeager is currently looking for some projects. And I think it's pretty fucking cool that he said it here on the Indy Brigade. So. Uh, get involved. If you're not involved, get involved. If you're not in the conversation, get in the fucking conversation and be productive. Brett, hey, thank I, you. Have a great I, night. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Excuse me, had to mute the mic to clear my throat. That whole prostate hey, exam thing. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. What? Yeah, what? Joe. That's the same finger I had up my ass today. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was this one. <laughs> so violated. <laughs> Everybody, you're listening to the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. We were just speaking with Brett DeYeager, phenomenally talented filmmaker and a uh, really smart guy with his head on his shoulders the right way. Uh, so... Absolutely. And if you guys want to hear us on audio only, we are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn, Radio Public, and Breaker. And uh, our video podcast is, I'm actually, I was told earlier by Phil Herman that uh, they're in the process of actually loading all of our past episodes into Avail TV. Uh, so they may be available as early as tonight, um, but they will definitely be available probably over the weekend if they're not already up there. So download Avail TV. It's an app on Fire TV. It's an app on Roku. It's an app on Apple TV. And uh, you can you can pull it up anytime you just want to look at our faces. All right. I want to talk to Richard. Can we talk to Richard? Please. Can I pull him up now? Sure. Yeah. Right. You done? Yeah. You sure? One more thing. No. Fuck you, Joe. Richard, give him hell. <laughs> Like only you can. <laughs> Brother, thank you for sticking it out with us, man. Thank you so much. Uh, just being here tonight, you know, uh, it, it always does me so much good to talk to you. Uh, we were starting to go down the rabbit hole that you and I tend to go down earlier, and I had to kind of talk to some other folks. So I appreciate your patience and sticking through. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, I look, you've been through it, man. I've been through it. You were one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. And now you're you you just directed an indie film. Yeah. You know, you have a perspective on this that literally almost nobody else has. You know? Yeah, what? You, 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 yeah coming from doing a lot of studio films and then <clears throat> Kind of getting a take. I mean, I was really, I mean, when I first started, I was really young, so I didn't really know um, as far as what to do, um, you know, as far as what movies. I, I know what movies I wanted to do, but that at that point in my life, I thought you're only supposed to do one movie a year. Um, 
because I was into, you know, Dean and Cliff and Chaplin and, you know, when you're 19, 18, you know, so, and, uh, but, you know, even doing, um, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a similarity between the big budget and small budget. It's all, it's all the same stuff you have to deal with. It's just at a, at a, at a, at a little lesser scale when you do it, but it's still the same, you still have the same headaches, you still have the same joys, you still have the same heartbreaks, you still have the same, you know, relationships and stuff like that. It's just, you're not dealing with, you know, on a big movie, you're dealing with a crew of like 160 instead of a indie film, you're dealing with a crew of like 28, you know? Um, but I heard what, what that guy was saying and stuff like that. And, and he's a very upbeat, positive dude, which is really great, you know? And the psychology thing about it is, um, it is, and you're right. When when you're when coming from an actor's perspective, when you're directing somebody, you know, I, especially women and stuff like that, I think that there's a trust factor where you always want to hear what they have to say about what they think the character is and what they think the character should do. And, and I always like when people bring their own bullets to 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 the the, the product. You know the, the project because you know and take what's on the page and then make it their own and i'm sure you you, you know what i'm talking about and, i do and uh but uh you know it's 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 staying positive i think you helped me out a lot with that too it, you know staying positive in this business is really really difficult it really is um but I've gotten to a point now where um, I know what I want to do. There's certain projects we've talked about, and, and I think it's always keeping the, the mind going and, and not, I mean, stagnation is, is just such a, I mean, it's it's a killer. And and just keep doing things. I mean, I, mean, I started doing my voice um, notes again, too. I, mean, I used to do it all the time. I used to write poems like all the time. I had, I had a book I was going to come out called Fragments from a Dirty Ashtray. Uh, you know, and and then even the guitar, even playing guitar. I mean, I have like seven of them right here. Like I can just grab, you know, but I wasn't even doing that anymore. And then um, because you start thinking too much and then you become inside your own head. You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes is a good thing, and, and but too much of it is a real dangerous place. Um, and and what you guys, what you said about uh, um, everybody communicating and, and talking, and, and instead of beating each other up, I mean, you know, someone like me is an easy target for someone to go, you know, bash them. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Um, because yeah. And this and that. And then you have, you know, I mean, it, but I think you know, the integrate and what you guys got going on here and what we got going on is just something that's relatively, it's refreshing because it's, you're bringing a positivity to a negativity that, that should never have been there in, in the beginning. And I think you're opening up a new door of, of just, it's just new and it's almost like starting over again, but, but knowing all the stuff that you didn't know back when you were 19, 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it's what you're saying about we overthink ourselves into this fucking stagnation and we overthink ourselves into not doing stuff and we overthink ourselves into, like you said about the bigger target, you know, as soon as you achieve any level of success, whether it's, you know, uh, having a film that's big in your city or your neighborhood or your community or having a film that's, you know, or any level of success I've achieved or any level of success that you've achieved. I mean, they're all, it's like the brigade right now represents the entire spectrum of success that people can have. And, right. you know, here's the thing. If you finish a project, if you finish a movie, it's a success. Even if it doesn't make a shitload of money, if you drag a fucking movie across the finish line, you succeeded. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what I mean? And there's, oh, yeah. there's a success that comes with that. And, you know, and then I think we get into this, well, now the next one's got to be bigger or the next one's got to be better or the next one's got to be this or it's got to be that. It doesn't have to be any of that stuff. The next one's got to be fucking truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when I, no matter what I do, I don't care if it's a year between projects, five years, 10 years between projects. I don't care. As long as what I do, I'm able to be, I'm able to put my truth into it, put my truth out there, you know, like a bullet. That's all I care about, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's basically, uh, you know, keeping, I mean, one thing I think is funny because I look at um, the years I've done this and, and, I, I, the one thing I could take from it, you know, that no one could take from me is I kept my integrity um, and didn't do things that I didn't want to do. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it hurt me and, and, and for a while there, like turning down a lot of stuff. And, and uh, But there was a reason and a method to it. And... Um, just uh um i think uh i got you know you can get you can, you can rest your head and go to bed at night and go you know what i did it the way i wanted to do it so far and i'm still doing it and 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 uh didn't uh sacrifice my 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 very being and my self-worth and my integrity in my um your honor in my honor yeah um that's one thing i have and like you have um it's just we have no one could take that away that's I, all that's all we got at the end of the fucking day man when we when we close our eyes the last time and we go down for that long nap you know or we take that long black train you know what i'm saying like yeah um it doesn't matter what you own. It doesn't matter, you know, what you what you wear. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. All that matters is that you fucking you were a good person, you know. Yeah. And like, dude, I I said it earlier in the episode. I've made mistakes in my life. I've made big mistakes in my life. I, you know, I've hurt people. Not have I set out? Have I woke up in the morning and said I'm going to go hurt this person today? No. But you know, you make choices and decisions and they're not always the best decisions and we fuck up and we're stupid and we're people and it's the human goddamn condition and we fuck up and as artists we tend to fuck up a little bit more because we put you know we have this raw nerve that we rip out and we walk around with this thing exposed to the world and we tell our audiences hey look at this raw nerve that's connected directly to my spirit touch it 
poke at right. it, you know, stab it, hurt it. And, you know, um, like all I can do is live out the rest of my days trying to live them the right way and the good way. And, and right. like, like the Buddha says, walk with my back straight, you know what I mean? And like, and that's what I love about you, man. I I'm so like, I'm so, my life is so much more enriched since you and I became like, we've known each other a long time now, but I mean, since we became really close and we've had some deep conversations, like brother, you're one of my best friends walking the earth. And you know, the, you shit, too, brother. the shit that we talk about and the shit that we keep each other on track about creatively, you know, that's something there's, we, we all got people, we all got circles, we all got, but you know, if you're lucky enough to find somebody to find a friend like I found in, in, in Greco and like he found hopefully in me, you know, who's been through enough of similar shit and has enough shit to understand that you can talk to and tear down those fucking walls, man, you're, you're doing something right. And you know, my granddad used to say, if you leave this world with two or three people, you can truly call friend. You leave this world a lucky man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel with the people who are in my life now. And that's not always how I felt. Um, you know, and, and, and that, that can tear you down and, you know, we're, we're here to create, we're here to make, we're here to be good to each other. And we're here to, you know, I mean the community, man, like even we were talking about it yesterday, what it was like in LA back in the day and the fucking the eighties and the nineties, it was, it was collaborative. It was, uh, everybody was there to help each other. And, and yeah, there was like, oh, well, you know, this group of people is friends and that group of people is friends and your paths may never fucking cross, but you always knew that this group was over here doing their thing. And this group was over there doing their thing and you respected each other. And if this group went on to become you, then that was a huge success. And everybody was like, fuck yeah, Greco did it. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like it's it's funny how that was like that in the late eighties, nineties. And, and, you know, it's like someone, um, well, in this town, especially, like someone came down, took the soul out of this town, put it in a bag, put it in a dark, dark place, and we're all trying to find it again and open it up and put it back out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's what I like when I moved out of LA, that was because that was, you know, the major reason for it was because it was so toxic everywhere you went you never knew if the guy making your coffee was going to call up some agent and you know spread some shit or was you know their other regular job was so-and-so's assistant or and it's like this paranoia that's taken over and now with the combination of the internet and paranoia and competition and everybody out there trying to this and trying to that nobody's doing it for the fucking reasons that that we used to do it back in the day they're not doing it for the reasons that were what we did i mean in the beginning i mean you think about it i mean we i did I mean, you did it. I did it for the passion of, of the art of it all. And that was it. I mean, I didn't give a shit about making money. When I was in New York, struggling in New York and, and doing theater and stuff like that, I mean, when they told me to go out to L.A. to meet agents in L.A., I mean, that's the last thing I wanted to do because I thought, I can't go out to L.A. I mean, you know, I was having more fun doing theater, you know, living off of gravy and fries and coffee. Um than when everything exploded out here for me in, in LA, you know? Um, yeah. It's funny, you miss those times, even though you complain because you're looking for places to live and stuff like that in New York at the, during those times. And, and, but some of the people I met back then, you know, don't know where they are now, but we're, uh, 
We should just hang out in coffee shops and talk acting and art, music. And it'd be like 15 people. Yeah. Yeah. And like all night, like all night to like two or three in the morning, go back to someone's apartment and just hang out, you know? Yeah. And, and collaborate. And, and, somebody, yeah. and somebody would say, I'm thinking about doing this movie. And you'd say, great, put this in there. Or how about this line? Or how about this scene? Yeah. You know, or how about this line of dialogue? And, and, and you didn't, if they said great and used it, you were like, oh, fucking cool. You used that line. You weren't like, where's my fucking paycheck? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, I think it's still out there. I know it's out there, you know, it's out there. It's out there. It's, I it, mean, it's just harder like, to find. Like positivity is the new pirate radio, right? Like right. Think, think about it like that. Like, you know, I mean, and, and that's what, that's what the Indie Brigade is about. It's about, putting that shit out in a place where people will find it when they're ready to find it, man. And, yeah. you know, and, and for anybody watching, you know, uh, Richard and I have been talking about a lot about, um, you know, a regular contribution he's going to be making to the Indie Brigade and yes, I'm sir. really excited about it. And, uh, I'm super stoked to make the announcement about it. We are just working out the details of that right now. Uh, but you're going to be seeing a lot more Mr. Greek go around here. Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of the two of us kind of rambling. Um, and, uh, and I hope it's good for everybody because you know, it's good for us and it does our spirits a lot of good. It, it, it really helps us. Um, so, you know, uh, this is a good place. This is a, a pure place where there are no sides. There is the only side the indie brigade is on is the side of the motherfucking art. Yep. So brother, I'm proud you're here. I'm proud to call you brother and friend. And I love you very much, man. Thank you. Love you too, brother. All love right. You too. Have a good night. Really do. You too. All right, guys. Peace. Fuck <laughs> you, Joe. Can't even follow. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Richard Greco, man. He is such a stand-up fucking guy. It's He's one of my best friends. He's, he's so awesome he gets it and you know uh he does this shit for the right reasons and uh you know he's had he has a perspective on this industry that i would be lucky to have one day you know what i'm saying like he's forgotten more shit about how this industry works than i'll ever learn and i know a lot because i've been on on some pretty inner circles but you know, this guy, man, if, if, if you're lucky enough to learn from this guy, uh, count your blessings and, you know, and, and he's going to be a, a regular part of the brigade here coming up pretty soon. So we're excited to have him back tonight and we're excited to have him, uh, joining us for the future of this ride together. So if you're an indie filmmaker, uh, if you're an indie creator, musician, producer, writer, uh, poet, uh, fucking whatever, I don't care. Uh, you want to create, you don't want to create. You just need some fucking inspiration in your life from people who all they care about is making shit and creating and putting our own selves and our lives and everything out there in the world. You found your fucking new home. It's the Indie Brigade. We got your back. Ian Steyer, the new graphic coming, the new merch coming. Make your flicks. We got your six. I mean, Scare Tactical, we are here. You know, these things are not just 
cute little things that we say. They're, they're mottos and slogans that we've come up with and, and granted inspired by a lot of military because that's what it's about. It's about a fucking brigade of people who have each other's backs when the shit hits the fan and the shit will always hit the fan. It will always hit the fan. You, know, you, you got to take this one from Ed. Many years ago, Sirius XM used to have a Friday night radio broadcast called Fangoria Radio. I think they need to bring that back with the Indy Brigade crew. Can't think of a better way to spend Friday nights. Ed, thank you so much. I used to listen to that show, man. Thank you. That means the world to me that you just said that. You know, who knows? Uh, who knows what will happen or where the Indy Brigade will go, man. Hopefully, we'll just keep growing and we'll keep spreading the goodness and, and spreading the love and making art together. And so. apparently, I can't follow Greco, so... <laughs> Joe, you're one of my best friends on earth, too. You're a good man. I give you a hard time on the show, uh, but that's only because you fucking deserve it. You give me um, a hard time on every show. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's only because I love you. Um, you know, we got, a, we got a pretty special friendship, you and me, and everybody who's involved in the brigade, uh, Lance and Sam, Sean Smithson, sponsoring Ian's, Ian's blog. Uh, oh, my God, this podcast and people involved, or excuse my language. Yeah, Sean, watch your fucking language, man. <laughs> I mean, really. I'm proud you're here, brother, and I'm proud that that you are uh, that you are you are here, man. Virtual Dang. Guidos. <laughs> that was a tough bar to sit down at, man. But I earned a seat one day. <laughs> so, anyway, listen, everybody, you know. Hey, you got to name drop a couple of more. Come on. Brenda York, so happy to become a follower. Such a great bunch of people. Thank you. That means a lot. And Robert Bess, I'd love to be a Robert. You already are. You're here. You're, right. you're watching. Like oh, we got David, be. who <laughs> <laughs> Corona one is too expensive. Uh, oh, David's got to join us again real soon. Yes, um, he is. We, David and I are talking very soon about some interesting stuff. So stay tuned for that too. Um, listen, uh, I, I, I could sit here and talk for another five hours. I'm not going to do that. Um, just everybody who's part of this, everybody who's been part of it since the beginning. Uh, thank you for, for jumping on board in the beginning. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for, for sticking around and to everybody who's just found us. Welcome. You know, you are here. You are fucking loved. Uh, your art is important. Your voice is important. And your opinions are fucking important. Don't hate on people. Don't think the brigade is a place where you can come talk shit on people. Uh, it is not. It is a place where you can come to learn. It is a place where you can come to grow as an artist, grow your art, improve your art, do your best, put your best into the world. Don't put your worst into the world. Don't put fucking hate and vitriol into the world because you put that shit into your art. Uh, just fucking be excellent to each other. Oh, you did not just quote Bill and Ted and mainly Lance, Lance. and everybody. And it's fucking true. And I did just quote it. And you know what? Just fucking do it. And until then, you know, I mean, you've been listening to the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. And I can't thank everybody enough for tuning in and sticking around uh, and listening to my dumbass voice and listening to what I have to say. 
Uh, I can't thank Brett DeYeager enough. I cannot thank Richard Grieco enough. Joe, I love you and I thank you and I thank everybody who's part of the fucking Indie Brigade. Uh, this shit is not for the thin skin. Do not have a thin skin. If you have a thin skin, stick around. We'll thicken it up for you. Oh, you got to read that one. I love Joe like fat kids love cupcakes. That's what, how we all love Joe, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So listen, do your thing. Don't shit on people because you don't want people to shit on you. Lift That's each right. other up. You know what I'm saying? So until then, you ready? No. Hold on a second. You ready? I'm ready. Fuck off till next time. Love every one of you. To be an indie means we buck a system that doesn't want us. To be a fringe filmmaker means we don't do it for them. We do it for ourselves. To be an outlaw on the fringe means we'll die before we fail. Be an 